Yeah, but if we don't see it before we see it, we'll never see it. Meaning, but what does that mean? If, yeah, if you don't, if you can't envision and dream it to where you see it clearly in your mind and in your heart, um, then you're never going to see it come into fruition. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking with John Sherrill to learn about the importance of vision in leadership. John Sherrill is a pastor, church planter, worship leader, songwriter, communicator, connector, visionary, husband, dad, son, and brother. He is a lot of things. Let me tell you, John has been passionate about pointing people to Jesus since his early days in college and has traveled the nation for years, leading worship and teaching for different student ministries, conferences, camps, and churches. Some of the highlights of John's ministry have been leading worship for Breakaway at Texas A&M, founding a student camp called 220, which is based on Galatians 220, signing an exclusive songwriting deal with Integrity Music, recording many CDs, as well as pastoring, consulting, and being on the staff at a few incredible churches. Today, John and his wife, Kelly, have the privilege to pastor Declaration Church, which is a thriving church they planted in Spring, Texas. John's heart is to see people connect with Jesus, experience and encounter the glory of the presence of God, and be challenged by the greatness of who God is. So welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, John. We are so glad to have you. Thanks for having me, man. This is uh, this is exciting. I feel like, gosh... I remember you having this this uh, idea, this vision, and now here you are. So. Yes, God slowly laying those bricks in front of me, and it's up to me to kind of you know join Him in this. I never thought I'd be doing it. That's for sure. Awesome. I got I got to say, John, in reading your bio and just knowing you personally, you're a man of many, many, many talents. You know, from worship to music career. Uh, to I don't know if talents or hats. <laughs> man, did you ever picture like living the life that you're living right now when you were young? No, no. In fact, Kelly and I, when we, when I finally, uh, you know, got my mind right and um, matured enough to ask her to marry me, um, it took a little longer than probably both of us wish that it would have taken. But um, we just had this thing like, you know, one day we want to look back and say, I don't know how we got here. And I can honestly say that there's been a few, you know, moments in life where we've looked back and said, I don't know how we got here already, you know, but no, I, I didn't. I didn't set out thinking that this is what it would look like. Um, there's been a couple of things that along the journey that, you know, my mom called out early on when I was like 15 years old. And I was like, how dare you never say that? That'll never happen. I'll never pastor a church or whatever. But, yeah. um, you know, moms seemingly have a, 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 a an understanding of the voice of God that, that, you know, men have to catch up to a lot. A lot of times husbands have to catch up to, but and, and sons have to catch up too, but um, but no, I would have never imagined that I would have been uh, have done the things that we've done and been doing the things that I'm doing. But it's fun, and we love yeah. it. Can't, we'll just, I can't imagine anything else. Yeah, and having known you, you do them all with excellence. And you know, so you've started so many things, right? You've started everything from a band to a camp, a student camp to churches. I've started organizations, a high school, a business, a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, whenever you start things, it's very stressful and it really makes you question everything about yourself, your faith. God, is this really what you had for me? Absolutely. You know, but there's also on the flip side of it, looking back, it's man, look at some seeds I've sown that I may not get to see grow, but I know that they're there. So have you found this to be true in your experience of starting organizations, starting things? Yeah, you know, 
here's the interesting thing about our life. Um, I feel like a couple of, well, most everything that I've done, uh, whether it be, I mean, even down to the church, uh, launch, or planting a church, um, starting this youth camp that we started now 23 years ago, and we still do it. And, you know, good thing I started that when I was like four years old, because I'm that young and, and spry. But, but you know, um, I feel like that it was almost a situation where I didn't really have a choice in the matter. You know, it was like whether I felt voluntold or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or I, the need was there and and we were in the right moment. And one of the things that I've realized is, you know, I've kind of lived by a couple of mottos in life. If not now, then when? And if not, you know, you, then who type situation. And so mm-hmm. uh, we would find ourselves at these moments. And um, it's it's almost like this Henry Blackaby, you know, famous author, preacher, he wrote this book called Experiencing God. And he said, you know, look where God is moving and join him there. Mm-hmm. And so every situation that we've been a part of, literally, whether it was um, even the music situation, um, I was interested in music. And um, all of a sudden, I, I start to graduate from high school and the, my reputation goes before me that, oh, he's interested in music. He'll lead worship. And I didn't lead worship, but there, lo and behold, I find myself voluntold to lead worship. And and then that leads to being invited places. And then I look up and I'm traveling, leading worship. And, you know, it's like, there's no accident. God always puts yes. you in the place where he desires you to be. And he surrounds you with the people that is going to equip and prepare. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether they volunteer, you know, you to do something or whether they empower you to do it, you know, that's a good leadership word, empower. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do feel like that along the path, I've been empowered by many people, whether they realize they were doing that or not, that's what was happening. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like um, everything that we've put our hand to, we knew that it was it was an inevitability. God had called us to that. And, you know, I remember reading scriptures long ago. Um, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and, and, you know, looks back is not fit. And so I've always been one of those like, I'm going to count the costs. Here's what I feel like God's telling us to do. Um, it may not look the way that we think it should look, but it will not fail. Mm-hmm. Um, failure is a subjective word. Um, you know, one could say, well, that didn't go the way you thought it would No, but, but what impact did it have along the journey? You know, what impact did it make? I want to press into that. Yeah. You know, you talked about if not now, then when, you know, so many things to unpack and everything that you just said, but so much of what you're saying is I do count the costs, but I don't have to know every single detail. Like the outcome belongs to God. Exactly. It may not look the way, like, you know, what I thought it would, but it doesn't really matter. So keep, keep going with that. Keep feeding us in that. Yeah. So for me, counting the cost is never, it's never necessarily like, um, you know, what is, uh, obviously we may have a vision for what the end result could be, but we don't know what that end result is going to be. You know, it's almost like how many times have I, have I realized and even encouraged people? um, It's really, yeah, the destination's important. You got to know where you're heading, but it's really more about the journey. It's about who am I becoming on the path of that purpose. Right. And so every single thing that we put our hand to, I knew God had purpose in it. I may not have been able to see completely what that purpose was. Yeah. Um, and, and even still, like, for example, the youth camp thing, you know, one might say, John, you're 48. What are you doing, doing a youth camp still? Well, you know what? I mean, if, if I were writing a book, it would be a bestseller, the, the anatomy of killing an organization, right? Like, I, I feel like that there's so many things that I've done wrong to do that that, that camp. But at the same time, it's like, God can, continues to breathe on it. When, when God calls you to something, he equips you for that. He provides for that. 
Um, he continues to breathe on that. And, and you have a choice to be faithful to that or not. Yes. And, and one might be able to look at that and go, yeah, but it didn't ever, it didn't ever materialize to look like student life or Glorietta, or you never built a facility for that. Or there's so many things that someone could look at and say, well, you know, what's the marker of success here? Yeah. For me, it's not that we built a facility or we built it to sell it and, and see some sort of ROI. You know, it, mm-hmm. for me, it was, you know, how many students now in 23 years have we seen, and even adults, not just students, but how many people have we seen come through that ministry and God has taken that week, that just one, that snapshot in time and mm-hmm. absolutely radically changed their world. And now these people are in full-time vocational ministry. They're missionaries, they're small group pastors, they're youth pastors. And, and, you know, and, and that list has grown immensely over 23 years. Mm-hmm. I don't take that as a trophy for us to put on the wall. I take that as a thank you, God, for using us in that way. And so where one person's subjective idea or vision of success might have been, well, you should have built it and sold it, or you should have built a facility and, you know, now it's uh, an income generator. And that's never been the goal yes. here, right? And so it's like, um, yeah, if not me, then then who? Uh, that that whole thing began because of, of a youth pastor who who had invited me to be a part of his thing for so many years and then something happened and he couldn't do it one December. It was a winter thing. And he said, Hey, would you mind running the play for me? And I was like, well, yeah, can I change it? You know, I, <laughs> every, I think every good leader has, they look at something and they're like, that's really great. I would do it this way, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and so he gave me permission and that catalyzed bigger vision for what I felt mm-hmm. like God was saying in the moment, you know? Yeah. And so we did that little winter thing in 99 and then all of a sudden, you know, here I am brand new married and I'm looking at my brand new bride and I'm saying, I think God's telling us to start a youth camp. And she's like, I'm sorry, wait, what? You know, and it's probably going to cost us a lot of money and we don't have anything to put into it. And here's what I'll tell you about that. You want to talk about God providing. We started with nothing. We end every year with nothing. Sometimes we end in the red even, but God always takes care of it. And we've never gone without and, and I can, just if I look at the snapshot of the past, let's just say the past 12 years, because we've been in this one campus, pretty faithful for the past 12 years, there's been over seven figures that's gone through our hands into that one campus wow. where we meet. And that's all God. Mm-hmm. And so I see that and I recognize that when God calls you to something, yes. um, you have a choice. And so for me, counting the cost is, okay, yes, what is, what's the destination? What's the metric of success? Mm-hmm. Um well, that's going to be by and large determined by the vision God's placed in your heart, you know, but, yeah. but for me, it's like that I knew that I had a moment in time even where we could have gone, there was a fork in the road and we could have gone one direction and it would have taken it to a different place. And I, I just felt like the Lord was telling me, this is not what I've called you to do. And while that might look wildly successful in the eyes of men, it's mm-hmm. not, it was not God's metric of success for us. Yes. And so, you know, um, so that's kind of, that's good. When I say count the cost, um, that's a, that's a, that's a loaded dump truck of, of information. But for me, Absolutely. it's like, yeah, financially, yes. What is this going to do? What toll is it going to take? How much is it going to cost us to do it? Um, but at the same time, it's like, um, especially, you know, the economy of this world versus the economy of heaven is totally different. The things that matter to God um, first of all, he has no need. He is without, I mean, he, there's nothing that he is without. And so yes. 
I, I don't, I didn't need to stress over those things. Right. For me, it was like, okay, but how do I walk circumspect? How do I walk in wisdom as we launch this thing? And, and the church is the same way. Obviously you don't launch a church day one and you have a building, you don't launch the church day one and you've got everything that you need to, you know, compete, if you will, with the church down the street. Yeah. Well, first of all, that that's not what God called you to do. That's what God called them to do. Mm-hmm. And so now I've got to be okay to, to have the grace for the pace of, of how God wants us to step. Right. Yes. So kind of the cost in that scenario, obviously, what is this going to cost us? How much money um, is it going to cost to, because look, it, it, it all, you, you know, we can't ignore the fact that, that these things, like, I can't just go to the, to a venue, uh, like we meet in an elementary school, you know, and, yeah. um, Hey, could you give this to us for free? No, that's not going to happen. Right. And so, <laughs> so I've got to count the cost in, in so many ways, but, yeah. but for me, I think that the bigger picture of that has always been, God, what is it that you're telling us to do here? Mm-hmm. Give, give us that picture. And, um, and, and, and we'll start charting the path towards that, but we're going to be okay if, you know, we don't see exactly what we think we need to see exactly when we need to see it, because yeah. we don't know. And so it's just like, you never know the things that are going to come along the path that just completely interrupt your regularly scheduled programming of idea, yeah. right? This is that's the way it was supposed to be. Well, no, 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 that's not who saw COVID come, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, and so it's just like counting the cost. It, it can't be this black and white. This is the way it's going to be when yeah. it's going to be, you know, no, no. It, this, it, for me, it's like, okay, here's what I feel like God is saying. Um, here's the picture he's given me in my heart. And I cannot wait to get to this moment in time where I look back and go, I don't know how we got here. Yeah. But I'm not going to put a timeline on that. That's ridiculous. And I want to step in. I mean, again, every time you speak, there's just so much wisdom and so many things that we could just sit here and analyze for hours. And I know that we don't have that much time on the podcast, but a couple of things there is one tapping into what God is calling you to do. So we're going to talk about vision in just a minute, because I really want to go deep into vision, but so many other things of, I think leaders feel like control freaks. Like I have to own every part of it. I have to, you know, it's all riding on me and on my shoulders and on my back when it's just not, I think that's one of the biggest lies that we have to get rid of, you know, yes, we need to tap into whatever the vision and the purpose is for the organization or whatever it is that we're leading, even if it's our families, which is the most important organization you will ever lead, but you don't have to own and carry the weight of all of it. And so I think that's really important. I just want our listeners to hear that um, because you embedded that all the way through there, everything that you were speaking about. But I want to go back and I want to talk about vision because, because I know you, you know, I just think that whenever you speak, you, you have such inspiration. Like you make me want to just rally and go, yes, let's go. You know, I just want to get out and go running. <laughs> yes. Braveheart. I feel like you're giving those speeches. So, um, but it's not, it's not surface level. It's not charismatic with nothing behind it. It is so heartfelt. And just, you just feel the stir of the Holy spirit of God is calling me something to something bigger and greater than I ever thought possible. And again, right. A lot of leaders, I want to be careful not to generalize because not every leader, but a lot of us are very calculated. We do count those costs black and white before we step forward. So I've personally heard you say this a million times, and I'm going to say it twice because it's so profound. I want our listeners to hear that. So if you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. Yeah. Let me say that again. You got to hear it again. Except John, you say it this time because you say it amazing. Say that phrase. 
Well, if you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. And I wish I could take credit for that statement. I can't exactly remember, gosh, someone even tried to help me one day and, and I forgot again, whether it was a Disney thing or somebody else, someone said that that's way smarter than. Okay. Well, credit to them. Credit but to I them. Say it, and it's yeah. very impactful. And, and so, yeah. But if we don't see it before we see it, we'll never see it. Meaning. So what does that mean? If, yeah. If you don't, if you can't envision and dream it to where you see it clearly in your mind and in your heart. Um, then you're never going to see it come into fruition. And so, you know, a lot of the times, um, and, and here, here, let me say this as well. You know, there is what you, you kind of hit on leaders being black and white and calculated and all that stuff. There is a level, there's a strong, I think there's a deep level to, um, if, if you don't, you know, if, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yes. So you you got to you got to walk in wisdom in that you've got to be able to chart it out. You've there's nothing wrong with a business plan. There's nothing wrong with a performance. There's nothing wrong with those things. There's just you know you just can't marry yourself so deeply to, for example, the church. We're in a situation right now. Um, you know, if you ever build a house, you know, and they say, oh, it's going to be ten months, and ten months turns into fifteen months. Well, that completely interrupts. Your, I mean, that moves your cheese in a big way, right? Like. <laughs> That, I did not plan on that. Right. Well, and that's exactly where we are with the church, you know? And so it's just like, yes, we can calculate, we can have our Gantt charts. We can have our financial forecasts. We can have all the things, but we don't know that the month of May is going to, you know, be a, a rain season, you know, <laughs> so it's going to delay you. Um, but if you, if you can't envision, if you can't dream it, if you, if you don't, if you under vision it, then you're never going to see it come to fruition. It's almost like, you know, on the, on the smallest levels, um, you know, if I see myself with a Brad Pitt body, which by the way, I do not have, um, I'll never get there if I can't first envision it and then get a plan and then start to stick to some sort of process by which I'm going to get on a path in order to achieve that status, which is a terrible illustration of Brad Pitt, but you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> But right? I think everybody out there is like, yep. They I'm have just trying to help mind. us. Yeah. And so, for example, it, it, there's nothing too great. Like, first of all, the greatest creator that we have to look to for inspiration is God. Like he is, go to Genesis. I mean, he is the greatest and in, most innovative, intuitive creator that we have. And there's nothing that is beyond him. And so it's not that all of a sudden, you know, well, that means that I can no, but, but God will give you dream. He will give you inspiration. And you just never know, like God always puts you in these, on this path and he's going to bring people along that path. And, you know, you may not even know it now, but something may be said to you. You may be in a situation right now that God uses to catalyze that vision, that dream. Yes. And and fast forward years from later, you know, and then all of a sudden you wake up and it's like you're you're seeing these things come into fruition. It's almost like that movie Sixth Sense at the very end where it all comes together. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Right. And and so it, it's just like if you don't see it in your heart, in your mind's eye mm -hmm. before you can physically see it in existence, you're never going to see it. It's never going to happen. Absolutely. And, and and I don't think leaders dream big enough. Like we are so. Yeah. I don't know. We're under vision. Yes. Under vision. And we get stuck in status quo. Well, this is the way things always been, you know, we're doing the comparison game and that that's killing our joy and what we're doing. Yeah. So help us understand the importance of vision. Like how do we, how do we get vision? Especially if we feel overwhelmed, we feel all this weight on our shoulders. How do we get it? How do we get that joy and excitement and that the vision of where to go? And then we can call people to come with us. 
Yeah, um, man. Well, first of all, that's a loaded question. Right there, for <laughs> sure. I mean, so this this idea of how do you get vision? Well, first of all, um, I think I think it's first of all, it's really derivative of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're talking about how do you inspire people? Well, well, what inspires you? You know, how can you get inspired? Um, I've got to get away every year. I've got to take at least three weeks because it's going to take me at least 10 days of that to finally come down and decompress to where I, I'm not freaking out over emails or phone calls or what's happening at home or yada, all yada, the yada. details, <laughs> all the things, right. All the things it's like living in the weeds all the time. And so you got to kind of rise above that sometime. But, but for me, inspiration comes from a lot of different places. I'm musical, obviously. Um, I can't tell you how many times uh, some of our sermon series are such a, I mean, it is literally the fruit of, I hear a lyric that stirs me and then it takes me to a, a biblical passage. And then all of a sudden now I'm in this rabbit hole of, you know, oh, I see this and I see that. And oh, this is a felt need that I know I feel. If I feel it, how many other people are going to feel it? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden this, this structure begins to format, right? Vision. Now that's a series, right? Maybe it's a book that you're writing for leaders, Um because you've walked through something and you recognize, man, this was something that, that was so profoundly hard for me. If it, and this is, you know, this is how I overcame, not because I'm so intuitive or in, you know, ingenuous, not, not because I'm so smart. No, no. It's because, um, you know, this was the process that, that I walked through and the people that can, I need to write about this, right? Because it's like, what inspires you? Well, if it inspires you, it's probably going to inspire someone else. If it speaks to you, it's probably going to speak to someone else. If it meets a felt need that you have, it's probably going to meet a felt need of someone else. And so, and, and so, um, you know, what's the why behind your what, you know, that's something we talk a lot about. And so, so with vision, um, that's, that drives me a lot. What's the why behind my what, which is why I could say, you know, the, the metric of success for that youth camp, Mm-hmm. For me, it was so subjective in comparison to other people because I, I had a win, but it wasn't what the world probably would have thought. Same for our church. I there's look, there's nothing in me that sits contrary to popular cultural belief. I don't sit and think about buildings. I don't sit and think about budgets. I don't I don't think about dollars and dimes. I think about certain families. Um, really, I think about kids, generations. Um, and and I trust God to bring the rest, right? Yeah. He's going to bring the rest. He's given me a picture. And so I see the picture. The picture's massive. And in my mind, I'm I'm smart. I've got enough smarts to realize that's going to be expensive. So God's going to have to provide for that, right? Yeah. But I'm not going to run out and, and go crazy and try to get ahead of God on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's just like that vi- God is going to plant that vision in you. The question mm-hmm. is, is, can you slow down? And, 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 and listen long enough, even to the whispers, right? We had a friend that just came in and talked to the staff and he talked about, you need to listen to the whispers, not the shouts. Everybody's shouting all the time. Oh man. So true. Look, there's no shortage of shouting, but God is going to, God is going to give you that vision in the whispers. He's going to give you that vision when you're, when you're sitting with those people and having a conversation or, or you hear the lyric or you know, you read the line in the book or, and all of a sudden it's just going to begin to flourish into something that you didn't see coming. And then you have a responsibility. Now, what am I going to do with that? Is God calling me to something specific in this? Because if he's putting it in me, chances are it's to pour it out of me somewhere. And we have to be obedient in stepping into that. Absolutely. I think there's so many people that are 
not tapping into what God has called them to do. Well, I can't do that. You know, they let, they let that negativity, those shouts get to them. Like you were saying. Exactly. That's so good. John, you have given us so much to think about when it comes to vision. And, and for me, as I'm just sitting here trying to process it all, you know, when this episode comes out, people are going to be taking vacations. And I'm like, number one, get away from the noise, the shouting, right. Be still before God. And, and lean into the whispers, you know, what is God stirring in my soul? Where are the pieces of uh, inspiration coming from? Yeah. And then, then join God where you see him working, going back to, to Blackaby. Yeah. Uh, so can you give our listeners some takeaways out of everything that you've shared on vision? Um, because you've shared so much, just what are some takeaways that we can really internalize? Yeah. Well, one, one of the key things that I, I want to point out is for any of your listeners, because I don't know how many of your listeners might be in my sector. Maybe, maybe not many. So what I don't want um, anyone on your podcast to sit there and think about is, well, that's easy for you because all this God stuff is what you do 24, seven day in and day out. It, it is the same. It is so applicable. Um, you know, there is a spiritual element of business to the church. I don't sit around and go, well, you know, God will do God will do that. I trust the Lord to do that, but he's also put a brain in me and he's put wisdom in me and he's put people around me and he's put, and so there is a level of, um, I lean into him wholeheartedly first and foremost, but I also look at those that God has placed around me. And so it, all of these things are just as applicable in any sector mm -hmm. of society. It's just, you have a creator God who loves you. Um, he, he has called you, he, he has equipped you. I mean, there's nothing about your life that is any different than mine, just because I'm in the full-time vocation of church ministry, right? Yeah. Um, it's the same God, He and he's, he's pouring vision into you, and the impact that he's calling you to make wherever you are in your life is deeply profound, mm -hmm. just as profound as me and what he's called me to do. And every one of these principles are applicable. You know, there's a reason why John Maxwell is so translatable in so many different worlds is because leadership is just leadership, right? It doesn't matter how you are going to apply it, but what does matter is the origin of your application. And, you know, the origin of your application is going to speak to your motivation. And, you know, if the origin of your application is you centered, it's going to speak to your application. And you know what? You're going to get to the end of that and realize everything that I put my hand to, it might've made a little difference here and there, but will it last for eternity? Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's one of the things I think, I, one of the things I've learned, especially in ministry in the last few years is I've met with some very successful people that the world would say, that is that is what success looks like. But every one of those people always come back to the same place is they're aching for transcendence. Transcendence is going to come from when we actually tap into the origin of real vision. And that's the Lord, that's God. And when we start to listen to him and walk into his path that he's created us because he's 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 created each and every one of us on purpose and for purpose. Mm -hmm. And so if I, if I could just give any takeaway is do not sit in your seat and discredit any of this to, oh, well, that's a pastor. So that's only relevant to him. No, no, no. First of all, it's, it's completely relevant because God wants to whisper vision into you. He's going to pour something into you to pour out because he's called you to purpose. And so let him be the origin, first of all, of the vision that's going to motivate, how do you define success? You know, um, what's the path that he's called you to? Who are the people that he's placed around you? Who are the people that maybe don't need to be around you that you've placed around you? Um, oh, you know, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, hey. They're all trust. good. Yeah, trust me. I mean, you know, look, look at look at who's on the bus. Make sure everyone's in the right chair. Don't be afraid to change chairs. 
people, you know, today, I think, especially in leadership, people just need to be called to lead, not, no, I'm called to this. Well, that's great. But leaders lead yeah. and leaders own. They just own it. The, 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 the organization is so much more important than the lane. And, and it's okay. The path is fine. The process is fine. The path and the process lead to the purpose. But we, we got to be careful not to get impatient because we have attributed some sort of metric of success or some sort of goal line on a certain time frame. And, and that's the thing I think that derails more people than not. You know, it's not, oh, I've overshot. And yeah, we do that too. But realistically, I think we can get ourselves so derailed through comparison yes. or through um, being impatient rather than just, okay, here's where God's placed me. Here's the people he's put around me. Yes. Here's what I see. I've counted the costs. Um, we're walking well, we're walking wisely. We're not overspending. We're not, you know, we're not over um, exuded. We're okay. Sometimes you have to come back, but. And, and thinking about vision one, just to kind of recap, you've got to be still before God, listen to the whispers, turn down the shouts. Um, the shouts are going to be of the world. It's going to be comparison. It's going to be fear, yeah. doubt, things from the enemy. So turn yeah. those down and listen to the whispers of God. What is he stirring in your soul? Yeah. And what are you dreaming about? Yeah. And, and don't undervalue the difference that it can make for one person. That reminds me of the story of the kid walking along the beach, picking up starfish and throwing them in one back at a time. But there's, you know, hundreds of starfish on the beach and, you know, who's with the kid is like, oh, what, what are you doing that for? You're not going to make a difference. And he picks up a starfish. Is it, well, it made a difference to that one. Matters to that one. Yeah. You know, we have to go back to our why. It's like a huge onion, peel back the layers and get to that root of what is your why behind your what? And I've heard you say that a bunch of times as well. Yeah. And we say that a lot on the podcast, you know, yeah. I think about parenting. My vision for my kids is not to get into a good college, right? right. That is just, um, you know, something that I think a lot of parents feel the pressure of, well, it starts, you know, in pre-K or they have to be in professional sports by the age of seven with a private coach, you know, right. whoa, whoa, whoa. My why for parenting is one to disciple them. We have a, I always do things in threes for the most part, cause it's easier to remember, but one love Jesus. That is my number one goal as a parent to, to model for you and disciple you to a real relationship with Jesus. Number two, we say it this way in my house, don't marry a crazy person. <laughs> <Because> it's about <laughs> relationships, core values, aligning your heart. But the way I summarize it is don't marry a crazy person. And then yeah. number three is just pay your bills, learn yeah. to work and do things to provide and, you know, don't go into debt and all those things. But so that's my why peeling back all the things that I do as a parent, it comes down to those three things. Love Jesus. Don't marry a crazy person, pay your bills. Yeah. You know, so I love it. everybody out there listening, you know, you have heard so many good things about vision. I just want to remind you to be still what's that stirring, listen to the, the whispers and yeah. then take that step of obedience. You don't have to all have it all figured out, change lanes if you need to, but join God where he is calling you to. And now I want to bring it to the opposite. So John, you know, we always end our podcast with saying the whole podcast has been full of amazing things that we're talking about of, Hey, we need to do this or incorporate this, but now let's go the opposite. Yeah. What is one poor decision our leaders need to avoid doing? Honestly, I think, uh, I would say, and this is where maybe this is where the pastor comes out of me, but this is really the thing that's been driving me since probably for the past 25 years is it can't be about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about, and I, that's not very profound, but it's like die to you, die to you. If this is all about you and like, I'm not, I would never want to um, 
make light of someone becoming successful. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I am saying like, if the motivator is all about you, mm-hmm. people smell, they see that, they smell that. It's not attractive. It's not contagious. It once one, one leadership decision I've made many, many bad decisions. Um, but the worst decision that I think that I ever made young starting out is making this thing about me. And I started that way and very quickly got correct. I mean, there was a hard course correction. Mm-hmm. And and um, and even still, that me monster can rise up at different moments of life. It just it happens. It's one of the greatest temptations and frustrations of life is that letting the me monster take over. In fact, I'm going to Galatians chapter two. It's my favorite verse. Um, I know that sometimes you guys talk about Bible verses towards the end there, but Galatians chapter two, verse 20, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. In the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so that's why I say it's the greatest mirror. Um, you know, every decision that I make is not the right decision. No, you know, no, no, no. Look, great baseball players hit it a third of the time. They hit the ball a third of the time and they get paid millions and millions of dollars. And they're great. And they're great. Um, (laughs) So every decision that we make as a leader is not going to be the greatest decision. And it's not going to be motivated by the greatest things sometimes. But the the best thing that I that I could hopefully offer is that the worst thing that I struggle with is just me. I've got to die to myself daily in order, I think, in order to be the best leader for my wife, for my family, for our church, for the people that God has placed under my care. And if I make this thing about me, that's where it dies. Yeah. Don't make it about you, no matter what you're doing. Don't make your parenting about you. You know, a lot of people live with the kids. That right there is a whole other podcast, by the way. (laughs) Yes, it is. Of, you know, leading people, don't make it about you. It's about others. Never about you. So that was perfect. All right, John, you inspire me all the time. Where can people go to just hear more of your messages? Talk to us about where we can find you on social media or your church website. Where can we go to find more about you? (laughs) Yeah. Here's what you, I would love for you to find me on declaration.org. That's our website for our church. There's different messages there. You could find me on Instagram. It's just, it's me, John, I-T-S-M-E, John, J-O-H-N. And uh, Twitter at John Cheryl. That's uh, J-O-H-N-S-H-E-R-R-I-L-L, two R's, two L's. And then facebook.com slash John Cheryl as well. I'm not super great at social media, but, um, you know, every now and then I chime it's because in. you're out there in engaging with people in real life. And that's where you need to be. That's so, true. That's absolutely. So true. Yeah. But they can still check out your messages on declaration.org and, and all right. of that as well. Yeah. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are amazing. And you are such a visionary and, and helping us feel inspired to sit with God and, and see and hear the vision that he has for us in our lives, no matter what capacity in which we serve as a leader, again, from family to business to teams. So thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Galatians chapter two, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me.